Hello, I am the instructor from Groundlings. Forget all other podcasts, they will not help you. Step one, listen to the map report. Good. Step two, laugh. Good. Now it's funny. Let my home back in Omaha. See if I can make it out in the world. And I got as far as Wichita. Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore. Lost all my friends in Los Angeles. I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for more <laughs> Alright then, in that case, welcome Wanted to report number 41, August 2nd, 2006 Welcome. How's it going, folks? How are you? We've replaced Story with a sick version of himself. We're in the three different stages of wellness. I am just getting over a cold. Story is in the peak of a cold. And Greg seems Greg seems well. I think yeah. you're, you're doing okay, Greg. So I'm due for a cold, yeah. that means. Greg it has yet to get a cold. Exactly. Right. He's about to get a cold right. shortly. All right, so don't get too close to me, guys. He's going to catch it through, through yeah, TeamSpeak. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why am I yep. not surprised? Right, just lean in. You know, why am I not surprised that Russ uh, had a cold and then Story got it because he's part of the same brain? Why is that not surprising? You've got to check the filters on it's, this program. See if it it's because we have actually turned, turned California into an eastern state, so everyone is actually in everyone else's airspace. Oh, is that what it's like? Just as though it were connected yeah, or something. Yeah, because it's not crowded anywhere on the West Coast. You're Never. right. That's not at all. Brilliant analysis. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just the states are big here. People There's say no stars scared on the east coast. The west coast, okay. The like, states of uh, madness. I'm not, I'm not picking this battle. You know the battle I have to pick for you, Russ, is that AOL today announced that they screwed you over. <laughs> have you heard about this? Oh, AOL they announced like today to that they're giving free email. Yeah, that they're not going with the subscription mm-hmm. model anymore, that you can have a free yeah. lifetime AOL email account. And this is clearly why they offered you a few months ago. We'll be happy to offer you what you already had. <laughs> you realize what this means. But I'm going to have to send funny. my army of elephants into uh, India um, and trample all of them. So you could just call and hire them, right? Carthage there's now? A lot, there's a lot of elephants in yeah, India really already, so. Carthage. Yeah. I'm Hannibal, and my elephants and I... Hey, you know, I actually had like I had half of a Carthage rant. We were totally unrelated, but I was actually gonna like touch well, on wait. Carthage. Before you do the Carthage rant, you have a Carthage rant there. <laughs> before, before you do the I Carthage rant, I didn't even rant, mean it. I sort of gave it away. That's too can bad. I, can I quickly mention two things yeah. before we get to the yeah, Carthage rant? Yeah, you can thank people. I just want to thank. That? I want to thank two people. One of them actually, I was gonna have Story do, but since Story is sick beyond words, I won't make him do it. We want to thank first it's of all. It's true. You can't thank people when you're sick. That's just gross. No. Well, you can if you want. All the, I you if blow the your thanks voice. get anywhere. There's like flammable. Totally all over disingenuous. The we should get like Lysol. Sarcastic. It's Lysol coated. If you speak. die during the thank you, it just ruins the whole mood. It's terrible. <laughs> I'd like to. Oh, yeah, exactly. So we 
want to thank Blake. Uh, I won't say his last name, but Blake from Toronto, who wrote us and said that he is a brand new fan and that his show has turned our wor- his his work week around. But most importantly, he has put together a Wikipedia article for us. So we finally ha- we have a wiki entry now for the MEP report, and you can find it at uh, en.wikipedia.org front slash wiki front slash the MEP report. And he points out that and in as this, a personal uh, favor, yeah. Could you please go and change the entry to say that Russ is well-known for smoking crack cocaine? That yeah, would please really do that. Make my <laughs> well, he did. He wrote in Dude, there. He wrote in Wikipedia he totally vandalism and me. external links. He it's did a do wiki that. article. He did do that. And let me explain something, Blake, from Canada, where, of course, you're from Canada. There's no such thing as wiki vandalism. Wikipedia is vandalism. There are no authorities. Anybody can write whatever they want. That is what vandalism is. And as much as I love democracy, and I think the internet is great, a little bit, it's mildly retarded, we'll call it. It's functionally retarded to have a democratic site that is also a reference a source of reference because you need like actually official I don't know citations people that know things should write things not anyone can write things because then you just have like the mean intelligence of the whole world is Wikipedia this is like what average people think you have some smart people stuff and then you have some feces on the walls and then people like me who don't care and say people smoke crack fair, and that's Wikipedia I think it's I think it's graffiti more than vandalism. Graffiti, not always vandalism. Yeah, that makes sense Usually, but I'd call it graffiti. Yeah, no, it's just whatever totally people want to write. Some of it might be on their own home, but, you know, you can see it. You can still see totally it driving by. That. It's a world where art has been replaced by graffiti. I just and it's like organized the, alphabetically, but that's all. That's the only difference. I just like the fact that we bill ourselves as the <laughs> Transcontinental Conversation podcast, and we have such analysis as, so basically people are, you have smart people, you have feces on the wall, and then Russ. Those are like the groups one, two, three. You, you know, feces on the wall, or smart people, or Russ. I'm the outsider. I don't apply to this equation. <laughs> I yeah. guess so. But we want to but thank seriously, him. Thank you, Blake, for putting it together. Addition, and thank you for making fun of Russ. That was that was even better. If, if you guys like feel like altering the I site, agree. you know, feel free to, to make it factually correct, and that I <laughs> don't love Jade 8 and like things that are actually, I mean, if you he care about Wikipedia, trucks. How you cool is that? want it to be accurate. If you want it to be accurate, clearly those things are wrong, so you've got to change and it. See, That's all. I think in the spirit of what we think of Wikipedia, you should make it as fanciful and farcical as possible. <laughs> yes. I think there should be references to purple dragons. I think that we should all be labeled as four elderly women who hang out in Australia. An emu is a large, rotund, what, cow-like animal what are you talking that about? runs backwards on its hands. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about Wikipedia. You're talking about being drunk. Like, about... I'm deliriously sick. Oh, poor elderly women. Yeah. Oh. They're cows, yeah, cows with colds. That's where we are. Merp. Yes. Merp. <laughs> Sickly hey, cows. I'm doing my best. So I, thank I you, Blake, for doing that. Cow. We appreciate that. And anyone well. who wants to it's add to our Wikipedia entry. the second person you're going to thank me for fighting my illness i really no. hope so no you're 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 really like this project Damn. i want to thank dennis Damn. uh and i will say this name because i think he wouldn't mind dennis reardon from bu um we did not know blake before but we thank him but we did know dennis who wrote us about stories even number principle and i just will read it quickly because he said he wanted to explain what it was he had an experience with it about apartments apparently he was looking for a place to live in washington dc and he found two places one temporary place and one that was looking for a full lease like a week ago after just going through like hell trying to find an apartment and the temporary place was offered to him for two weeks last 
night he accepted. And then he said like an hour later, he got a call from the other place asking if he wanted that and said that you could move in immediately. So now he has, he's been st- looking forever, has no apartments. Now he has two apartments and he can't move into either one because he'd been breaking the lease. Well, I don't know about that part. But anyway, the point is even number principle applies to apartments and to people apparently. So And one uh, of the apartments has cockroaches and the other one has moles. And <laughs> the choice is obvious. I know exactly. And he's dating both of them, but only for a while till he sees who he likes. And and his cat. He's dating his cat for no reason. The relationship because it kills in the first moles. one was, was too empty. The cat that protects the him from the moles. So thanks to Blake and thank you to Dennis for writing us and we very much appreciate it. Okay. So Russ, you said you had a Carthage thing. No, it's not really yeah, a Carthage we, rant. Carthage was like we would step six in, in the full rant. And I don't even know if we're going to get there. And this is really dumb of me to try to predict six steps into a rant with these, with this crew that we've got here. It so does I'll kill start the from mood the a little bit. I was going to yeah. say. No, my, it's not yeah, going to happen. Wait till step six. This rant is great. I'm, I'm fine now. In it's six not really minutes, story will laugh uncontrollably. Then six, Greg exactly. will laugh. Oh, I can map out story's responses. I know exactly what he'll say. But well, Greg you do, right, sort right. of throws the monkey into the ranch, and I, don't, I can't quite monkey. predict that exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say that this is a little like other podcasts' descriptions of their episodes. Have you ever noticed that? If you listen to other podcasts, they like map out the entire show in 30-second clips oh, they do, and text yeah. in their yeah. in Instead of just doing a few terms, they're like, and then Jim sneezes, and then Bob coughs, and then they make fun of coughing for 32 seconds, and then somebody hears a cat in the distance. It's, it's really more information than you need. Step and we're one, doing it now. lots of filler. Step two, describe your filler on the website. Good. Good. Now okay. your podcast. <laughs> now your oh, podcast. Man. I actually wanted to bring up the whole Mel Gibson nonsense with you guys because I thought it was somewhat interesting. Oh. Here's the first thing, and I know I'm the only one who can speak from experience on this, so I'll just get this out of the way. This is my, it is my belief that there is no such thing as, oh, you were drunk, and so the alcohol made you say things that you wouldn't say. Good for you. No. Thank you. If, if you say things when you're Thank drunk... You. It's because you actually believe them, but you have enough common sense not to say them when you're not drunk. Good, it's not you. as if the alcohol fairy, like, makes up things in your mind. That does not happen. The so you just lose fairy. the good judgment not to say things. <laughs> oh, there's an alcohol fairy. So that we don't need to argue about. I don't think you guys have strong opinions either way. I know story doesn't... I mean, I disagree it's a little. not totally sold on that. Yeah. I know, but so we've talked about but I definitely don't think that it's going to make you be like, eh, random anti-Semitism that I've never thought before. I mean, there are things <laughs> I think it would make you come up with, but it's not going to be like well, political, you, religious bias. If right? you drank like, cores, it might, it be, might make you, you do know, that. Pete Coors is a Nazi. It might mm-hmm. be like, you're really hot when you don't really think that. But it's not going to be like... <laughs> well, but wait a minute, though. And you know what? The Jews control the banking. <laughs> not going to do that. Yeah. And, and you're hot. MGD every time. I drink MGD, and then all I can think about is the Illuminati and the Jews. I don't know what it is. Oh, oh, in the There's some neo-Nazi <laughs> brewing company that is finding a special grain that when you fermented... Not... Can you imagine an alcoholic, incompetent anti-Semite is just like, you know, Jews are really hot whenever he's drunk. He's just like, no, that's not how it works. You have to, you have to be anti-Semitic. It's not <laughs> no, no. More, <laughs> more long grain rice. So I drink long grain rice. There you go. Okay, the drink for blue-eyed blondes. Before we go on, Russ, can you sort of quickly explain what Mel Gibson said? Because I've only, because I've been moving, I haven't had access to my news. So I know here's what he actually said. He was pulled over uh, on a DUI, assumed DUI. 
the, this is in Miami, I think. I don't know. The cop goes up to the window, and he's li- and then Mel Gibson goes to the cop, are you a Jew? And the cop was Jewish, so he correctly recognized the guy as a Jew. And then the cops, like, didn't answer him. And then Mel Gibson's like, you know, the Jews cause all of the war in the world. <laughs> this is what he actually said. Okay. And then the brilliant cop, like, immediately took this to the press. He's like, oh, yeah, buddy? Now everybody knows what you just said. And then Mel Gibson has made, you know, since, like, 17 apologies. He's, like, you know, going to Barbara Streisand's house and leaving <laughs> fruit baskets, well, and it's yeah, just his, really sad. His latest thing was that he wanted he, – I didn't understand this. He, he said he wanted the help of Jewish leaders to come to him and give him forgiveness and, like, show him how to be not anti-Semitic. I've come up with the perfect punishment, but that's besides the fact. Oh, that's okay. only because I don't think that any of this is sincere, and basically what he's doing is being like, please help me to stop losing the ability to gross money with movies for all time. Okay. <laughs> so that if you forgive me enough, people will see my movies again. That's all he cares but about. But also, I mean. like, what are they going to do? Are they going to come over and they'll just show him the Torah, like, ten times, and they'll be like, now I get it. Okay, I'm no longer anti-Semitic. Like, how are they going to help him oh, exactly. be less anti-Semitic? Totally agree. There is no way. And so the only solution that I could come up with I mean, you can't, like, kill him, because that's kind of wrong. And sending him to jail doesn't really do anything. Only kind of. So (laughs) I've come up with this great solution for people who do things that are really obnoxious, but not necessarily against the law. Okay. Ready? I I just thought of this today. You get a title. You know, people have titles. JD, PhD. Yes. CPA. And they work very hard, and they're very, and you are a PhD, Greg, so you know that. Yeah, MEP. Oh, that's. I think that's an upcoming one. Yes, right. And they're very, very proud of these things, <laughs> and sometimes a little bit too proud. But I think you know, for things that you can be proud of, I think that's pretty much very high up on the scale. It's better than like I drive an Escalade, so I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> yeah. So, although they would love yeah, to be I'm that basically way. in favor of this system. <laughs> I mean, there's some arrogance, but you know, for the most part, it's a really good system. Okay. So I think we should have a system. It's called the CPT system, sort of a corollary to the title. The CPT is compulsory pejorative title. And what this is, <laughs> this is, is awesome. when you do something really, really obnoxious, then there are certain institutions. We have to determine who these institutions are. I think the website Something Awful would be a really good start because okay. they're very good at this. Sure. Who, like, designate you publicly as, you know, you are a CDS. You're a certified dipshit. And for the rest, <laughs> for as long as we decide that this is the case, you, you have to, like, own this name. Your name is now Mel Gibson CDS. Good and nice. everybody knows that means that you're a dipshit. That's you have nice. to write this. It goes in your driver's license. It's like having auto insurance. Like, you have no choice. Anytime right? it's, you're it's against the, the law media. not to have it. Exactly. Anytime you're in the media, it's like the first parenthetical description of the person. Gibson, right. a certified dipshit. That is <laughs> Noted. Gibson, who achieved exactly. certified dipshit it's status like, in August and of 2006. Yeah, the second paragraph can mention that he's an actor that's grossed millions of dollars, but it exactly. just replaces all right. of that. Yeah, I like he's it. He's certified. I like it a lot. You know what Good. makes he's this certified. even worse, too? And, and you know, I, you, I'll let you go on, Barras, but I just want to say, you know what makes this even worse? All the stuff that he said about how the last uh, the um, the Passion of the Christ was not about being anti-Semitic, and it was simply to sort of work well, out yeah. his own stuff as a Christian, is such garbage that it it, it just it just angers me that you would lie that much. Like now I've I come. This is where stories thing about like at least dictators are honest about it this is a situation where i really yeah. agree where it's just like Amen. you know what dude just, just don't be honest okay say that you're an anti-semite you're producing a film to express your anti-semitism and then everyone can scream and yell at you about that please don't come exactly. up with this bs that it's not anti-semitic and you know i think this system really allows him to do that because what we do is we're just like shut up you're saying bad things but right. that doesn't stop anything that's not going to stop somebody from being a bigot because we say oh you're bad but if you really have to walk around for the rest of your life or at least until let's say you have to take a test 
and you have to pass the test to get out of having this kind of CPT, right? right. You have to answer questions like, what is responsible for all war in the world? <laughs> like, A, poverty, oh, shoot. B, <laughs> scarcity of resources, C, lack of freedom, D, Jews, you know? And they're like, if you get, if you get the answer wrong, then you have to keep the title, and if you pass, then for a while you can be without it. And you know that that I, I don't know why this doesn't matter. Really it's so obvious. Wouldn't Kaplan immediately have a course? They're just like, okay, here's how to raise your score by 100 points. Jews, not the answer to any question. The answer is never D, the Jews. That is never the answer to the question. And for once, Kaplan would be doing some good in this yes, world. Yes, exactly. That would be the first and only time that they'd actually be doing something. They'd be running courses for unreasonable people about how to be reasonable, worthwhile members of society instead right. of giving rich kids more advantages than exactly. they would already there you go. And, there you go. And think about it. Like, assuming you have a really, really solid, good body making these decisions and certifying this stuff, then all of a sudden, you have this ability to stop people from doing things that transcends race, religion, wealth, power. It transcends everything. It's just you have to live with the humiliation of having, of being a certified dipshit or like, you know, <laughs> a lying other names. one. Clearly, dipshit there is, has to be an honest one. Yeah. There has you, to be, you're you know... A, a, like a certified dissembler. Like certified Jim, dissembler. a dissembler. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and it could come into the wife. content of the article, right. too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Claim this. But we all know he's lying anyway. And you could make comments like that in the newspaper, and nobody, there would be no recourse or no anger about that because it was just factually accepted. Right, because it's just true. It would just plus, be true. There'd plus, be no alleged. There'd yeah. be no whatever else. You could just come oh out my and God. say. Do you know, know who should do this? Do you know who should be in charge of this? The Perks. Me. The Perks should obviously be in charge of this. <laughs> the Perks? They're public interest research group. That's what it stands for. It is so more related to trying to find out whether people are idiots and certifying information based on that than like anything else that they do. Yeah, what does public interest research group have to do with the environment? <laughs> okay, that's a good and point. And they totally have, the, say, they have the means. Yeah. They don't make any money. They're there'd trustworthy. A, totally, we should CDSs tell the Perks to do this. Yeah, yeah. There'd be a few CDSs in the Perks right now. That's the problem. You know, Emily is probably having to fight against no, they've got to accept it. They have to hold up their standard even for themselves or else it doesn't work. Or it doesn't work. So could you have okay. a fight then between like people with different versions of these titles? Like could you have someone in a debate, if you have a certified dipshit, right, against a certified clown prince of suck, but clearly the dipshit is slightly higher on the scale of, car of bad than the clown prince of suck, would, that, like, would those weigh each other out? Like would people actually be using that? You know, or somebody gets an MBA. I mean, you know the type that I'm talking about. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I don't mean to – everyone's like, oh, and I then, have an MBA. And of course they could also be yeah. like an MBA DS. Like, yeah, you earn – this via your education, you happen to be a dipshit who earned an MBA, so that's fine. <laughs> that's great. So people know both things. They don't just get to know one thing. But who's the totally body that decides? The other this? titles. How do they decide? The Pergs. The Pergs decide. Yeah, but what at the, <laughs> at the Aspen at the Aspen retreat where Story went the last <laughs> time and Aspen barely escaped with his life? Yeah, I don't know. There I would mean, be a lot need... more CDSs if that's where we're deciding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm you know, saying. you don't want to. The judicial system, this would totally bog them down. They can't handle anything. So they can't be responsible for this. You need some outside independent authority who goes through a caseload. Like, you need maybe one or two people to claim, make a claim that somebody's being a dipshit. It gets brought in front of this informal judge, and then he makes a preliminary decision, and maybe you can have, like, a hearing or some kind of thing. And then if the person, if you know, and it's not that high of a standard either. I don't think it's reasonable doubt. I think it's pretty much, you know, if the presumption is that they did this, and it looks like they did this, and they get the top. 
title, and basically it's up to them to take the title away by proving that they're not a dipshit. So this is not a per like how okay. So this test that you're describing, if they fail the test once, could they take it a second time? Like when they've learned more about how not to be a CDS? Yeah, but maybe they should get extra titles, like as they fail the tests, like certified stupid dipshit, <laughs> certified dissembling really? dipshit. It just gets worse every time that they try and fail. So that there's no incentive to just keep taking it until they pass it, because it just makes it sound worse and worse and Holy worse. Holy cow, this guy's a C-D-D-D-R-S-T-M-F-D-S-F-W. Oh my god, this guy's unbelievable. Yeah, R-S-V-P-L-O-L-R-O-F-O. I'm a rough of having these people slowly be slightly less employable than illegal immigrants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, my dad used to be a driving instructor, and there was this person that he knew who came in to take a driving <laughs> test were... <laughs> who took them. I was like, my dad, my dad used, used to be, to be an illegal immigrant. <laughs> I don't order that. I was going to say, yeah. clearly I would go we're there to say, and my father. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, you know, think about my dad. Is... My dad who uh, really crossed the border CDS. illegally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And was a CDS. Yeah, exactly. While doing so. No, but my father was a driving instructor for a while, and he said he had this person who came in once who had taken their driving test and failed. 15 consecutive times and in the state where he was you were allowed to take them only once every year so they had failed their driving test 15 consecutive years in a row and I was like, okay, what did like instructor awesome. number twelve think? Like at that point, he's like, okay, you know, like are they, they were like, is it like sports where they figure, oh, I can get the pitcher to throw strikes? They're like, oh, just give me this See, person for ten minutes, and you know. In our system, the person who's failed fourteen times would have to do the equivalent of like wearing yellow caution tape on their head at all times, That's awesome. because you know how dangerous they are wherever they go. He's like, I have to take the driving test again. It's like, all right, back up, everybody. <laughs> Jimmy wants to take the test. George W. Bush would essentially be wrapped in caution tape and covered with radioactive exactly glue. okay just want to make sure i'm clear on that. and then there's no no arguments when we're having the campaign about oh well he went to yale but they're like yeah but because his dad got him into yale but no because he would have cds at the end of his name and you would know awesome. you wouldn't have to think about it this is so a anyway that's idea. the one thing that's how i think it should be punished that's a brilliant but that has idea. nothing to do with carthage strangely <laughs> <It's not. laughs> exactly. i still don't think i'm going to get there but there's another tack that i wanted to take with the anti-semitism thing which is which is uh I don't think there's a modern ground for anti-Semitism, but historically, I think there is absolutely a grounds for anti-Semitism. And let me explain. Being a Jew, I'm okay, it's okay for me to say this, and Barbara Streisand is not going to bomb my house. Why did Barbara Streisand become so the head Jew, by the way? When did this happen? That the idea like, she my is. You know? <laughs> she really is. Okay. The idea, right. But I'll have the JDL. They'll be waiting till the end of the show to see what happens. Okay. Basically, I mean, as far as I understand from what I've read, the reason that anti-Semitism is so pervasive and has been for thousands of years is because, like a few other cultures, but unlike most cultures, the Jews have been very unwilling to assimilate, and they've been all over the world. So usually if, you have, if you're the dominant culture and you have a culture that doesn't want to assimilate, you just sort of kill them all or you enslave them, which has happened to the Jews before. But unlike you know the Native Americans who are just sort of wiped out in one go, the Jews have managed to sort of live within the civilization of a more powerful one, but refuse to assimilate. And so everybody hates them for this, right? Although, Russ, there, yeah. is, there is one problem with that, which is that, and I can already hear some of the listeners of the show being like, but wait a minute, because in the case of World War II, the European Jews, especially in countries like Germany, there were no more assimilated cultures into society than the Jews. And so one of the things they had is that they were pulling people out from store owners. Yeah, they were pulling store owners, Jewish store owners, that people wouldn't have known were Jewish except for their last names, literally. I mean, there was no, they didn't really even go to synagogues or anything like that. And they were killed. One of the things that led to this sort of, the, the 
the Zionist movement at all was the sense that even if you completely assimilate, you know, with the exception of not changing your name, let's say, you'll still be hunted and tracked down. So I'm not sure that I buy the assimilation argument in every respect. I mean, Orthodox Jews, sure, they don't assimilate, yeah, but, but a, a lot, lot of, of Jews the prejudices did, that were behind the propaganda that caused everything that happened before World War II was based on the fact that because in ancient times Jews were not allowed to have jobs other than you know lending money, which right. is why right. for years they were associated with working in banking and yep. you know the usury and all that stuff. Shakespeare's so. play The Merchant of Venice expresses this very well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right. So, I mean, that was still the obvious association and one of the main reasons for the, uh, you know, what happened to them before World War II is because they felt they were controlling money and there was a conspiracy. And so, I mean, you're right that they assimilated more over time. And I think it became less of a problem because lots of other civilizations wouldn't assimilate. Like in early America, you know, everyone hated the Irishmen and the Germans because they arrived in America and they were different from everybody else. And so it was just more of an ancient problem with the Jews. And so... I came up with this thing, and it somehow was related to just not assimilating, and I totally lost the link, and we're never going to get to Carthage ever again. <laughs> but here's my reasoning. The road from Jerusalem it's to Carthage. never, never going to happen. Got totally ever broken. again. By Muammar Gaddafi just blew it up on the way. This is the you most disjointed, apathetic rant I've ever had. Probably because I'm sick. But I, I want to. This one thing I thought was cool. Rant. Now it should just be this one cool thing, which is all I should have brought in, and forget the whole anti-Semitism thing. Although it's somewhat related, I can prove to you guys that Jesus never existed. You ready? Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Only tangentially related. Okay. Wow. On Tuesday, I came up with. Um, so now we're getting rid of the Christian listeners. That's what you're doing. You're like, okay, first we're going to offend yeah. the Jews, then we offend the Christians. Proof okay. that he never actually existed. Okay. Okay. The civilizations before Christianity were basically the Greek civilization that had, you know, Greek gods and polytheism, right? The right. chief among whom was Zeus, right? Sure. Okay. Greek civilization gets wiped out. The Romans move in. Well, you've got they other civilizations adopt there, Russ. I mean, you do have the Egyptians, okay, you but have the, the Sumerians. You know, uh, Egyptians are pretty dominant. Oh, sure. I mean, but Roman Empire takes over, but they adopt the Greek gods for the most part and change the names. Okay. And so that's the point, is that right. these are like the chief worshipping deities, okay? Right, okay? The names are so made Zeus, up, but the problems are real. And it's Dragnet. Okay. Dragnet religion. Okay. So Zeus becomes Jupiter, dun, right? Da, dun, da, 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 da. Oh, sorry. Yes. Zeus, Zeus and Jupiter, yes. I was okay. just singing Dragnet. So my then, name is Jupiter. Um, <laughs> I'm a detective. In the city Holy of Roman Ages. Empire, you know, slowly converts everyone to Christianity. Okay. And, you know, they want a reasonable transition. So they're like, okay, we need a new deity based on this new story. What are we going to call him? Well, we got Jupiter and Zeus. Let's just take the first part of Jesus. Jesus? Jesus. Okay, there you go. Jesus. Perfect. He totally made up. So your argument they made him up. that he never existed. It's a, they <laughs> name, made up his name, right? Yeah. Oh no. Clearly they had sure. a story initially, Great. right? They didn't get there 500 years, no scripture, no New Testament, and they're like, "Crap, let's put a character in there." Them worshiping this orb of light is really not not walking yeah. with Russ, the people. No, no, don't go totally theory agree. of anti-Jesus they, existence. They have, no, seriously, look, you just put they the letters have the together. Psalms. They could have everything, but then the guy's name was Tim, and they're like, "Well, that doesn't sound like a god at all. Can't we call him something that the people are more used to worshiping?" And they're like, "How about Jesus?" They're like, "No, because we're sort of." separating ourselves from the Jews. All right, how about Jesus? She's like, all right, I like that. Let's go with that. So you're, <laughs> That was at the uh, Council of Nicaea, right? Yeah. Exactly. They were like, this is going to be <laughs> really funny in 2,000 years. The last page of the minutes at the Council of Nicaea that they decided to destroy <laughs> the Diet of Worms. Come on. That's just too convenient, guys. You can't just, you can't just say that doesn't mean anything. 
It's the perfect combination of the two names of the chief gods before he came along. And the initial draft was Jupiter. <laughs> I mean, they were exactly. going to go with Jupiter, but that was just too crazy. Jupiter, <laughs> take Jupiter, anyway. <laughs> that was the offshoot religion. It never really took hold. They're like, well, we believe in Jupiter, and what does he do? He gets struck by lightning a lot, and that's all we got so far. That was He's the like name he actually guy. went by. But Pontius Pilate, instead of all of the story that we know, was actually like, Jupiter? Come on. He's like, I'm washing my hands of this. this king? No, don't, don't give me any of this. I'm just, I'm out of here. I'm done. My hands are not, I feel dirty. Can somebody give me some soap, please? They called him Zuppy. His parents called him Zuppy. Exactly. Zuppy! Why are you going to synagogue, Zuppy? You fall Jupiter to stupider. get more stupider. <laughs> oh, God. And obviously that's where that came from. That obviously goes back to the biblical <laughs> Clearly, yes, of course. Of course. Of course. course. Wow. Boy, this is great. So, so uh, far... The ancient Aramaic word, stupider. So, so come far... Come on. I've had a productive week, man. I'm at work. I've come up with a new system of punishment for people who don't commit crimes. And I've proven that Jesus was made up. That's pretty good. <laughs> a couple days. I just love... I love the fact that both of you guys are sick, either currently sick or getting over being sick. And so far, what you guys have produced is the MEP report is actually four elderly women and Jesus and Zeus is a bad anagram. Are bad. Those are the two combinations that we've had. Yeah, I really hope somebody else thinks this is funny. Okay, here's how to listen to Map Report 41, people. Go get sick, then press <laughs> that, play. It'll make You'll a lot yeah. of sense. Then. It'll be a stare. It's gonna be awesome. great. You know that actually happened Woo. to me once. I was at, uh, I was at, I was remember was back in high school. I was at a drive-in theater watching a movie with friends of mine, and whatever I was saying, they were just cracking up, like, and not at me. They were just, they thought the jokes I was making were like hysterical jokes. And then I smelled a whiff of something in the air. It was a smell of a, of something that we're not going to call a legal substance. And I realized that they had actually toked up before <laughs> they started listening to my jokes. And that's actually what they were laughing at. Uh, yeah. They're like, Wilson is so funny tonight. Step one. Oh, I need some chips, man. I'm hungry. Step two. This isn't really fighting your reputation as the straight man on the show. I I hope I've evolved. Once there was a group of guys, and they thought I was funny. And it was only because they were high. They thought I was funny sure. elsewhere, but this was, like, this was like funny times, too. This would be not like, only is he straight, yeah, he's, also, he's <laughs> also not drunk. He's straight and straight. This is like, he's straight and not funny and straight. <laughs> this is like Russ walking down the street and just like people look at him and burst out laughing and fall over as if he just told them the funniest joke ever. Like It was that kind of overreacting Dude, humor. Eventually... I will have that power. <laughs> I thought he was going to claim practice. that happened already. He was like, yeah, that totally happened. <laughs> exactly. No. So can Need I, more skill to do that. If we got lost on the way to Carthage, um, Story, do you want to rant about being sick, or can I bring up a rant I have about where I was today? Jesus, man. Jesus. No. I, being sick makes me want to conserve my voice. Okay. Not to rant. Okay. Go right ahead. Uh, I have to do a rant. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I am a genius. Which sounds a little like Jusius. So there are no geniuses either. That's all made up. Sorry. It's just... Yeah, that's all from Jusius. Yeah. The actual lord of the... Oh, speaking of which, I'm also convinced that Zeus actually did exist, and he was a guy who got struck by lightning a lot. And so, but then they, like, made up some story. Like, like Jesus actually existed, but Zeus was completely made up? Are you kidding? How does that work? So they made up that's the story that either. Zeus threw lightning instead of being struck by it all the time? So, like, that reminds me... Yeah, what he was it? like that guy from... You remember that movie, The Great Outdoors, with John Candy and Dan Aykroyd, like 1985? Vaguely. <laughs> remember there was this very, very small character in the movie who'd been struck by lightning, 
and like he goes and talks to him in the restaurant. He's like, "So you're Tom who got struck by?" He's like, "How many times you got struck by?" And he's like, five times." And he's like, five times." And he's like, "55 times." It's like that guy. That's Zeus. That's sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm just. I just remembered that. The only thing I remember from that movie is that John Candy had to eat a six thousand ton steak, which was ironic given that Dude, John Candy then died. That, that gave me hope for the rest of my life. For the rest of my life, I always wanted to walk into a restaurant and be like, "If you can finish this, everyone's <laughs> meal is free." Meal's free. And I'd be like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, I will do it." Big Blue. Oh my God. So great movie. I, I have to say. That uh, the reason I I was out today looking for an air conditioner because like Russ I'm a little bit in the Burmese jungle right now in the recording studio I'm gonna call this Eagle Studios because the place Clay and I just moved to has two stone eagles guarding the outside of it which I think is very cool so I'm Eagle Studios and so it's very hot clearly it should be Emu Studios right I know but they're not overweight birds that don't fly I mean they look like they could fly that's the problem so I I don't know I guess okay wait a minute you you the Phoenix guy picked out an apartment complex with two giant eagles looking over the, the front. Well, entrance. no, the good thing about it is there's two piles of ash next to the eagles, so I assume that they're sort of, it's just they caught them before they both rose from the ashes, is my thought. Did there even need to be bedrooms or bathrooms? Wouldn't you have, like, accepted it just on the basis of, we have eagles? Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, we have eagles. We have eagles. It's only a half bath, and you sleep in the bathtub, but, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's only $2,000 a month. <laughs> I know, it's true. But anyway, so we were out looking for an air conditioner, and I ended up going to PC Richard & Son. Now, any of you who may have heard about this. I don't know if that's just an East Coast thing, but PC Rich and Son is this big is. like appliance electronics thing, you know, like like Circuit City or one of those deals. Okay. So I went in there and I went to the original PC Richard and Son in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. Okay, this is the first one. They have signs all over the place. Wow. Welcome to the first PC Richard and Son ever, okay? I walk in and the place is absolutely packed. And working in the store, apparently they were really understaffed, are these four or five, I would say, at most. It's hard to tell because they kept disappearing into the sea of people who were screaming questions about air conditioners at them. But there were like four or five guys, you know, running around with a sort of harried look on their faces that had PC Richard tags. Everyone else is a customer. Here's the part of the rant. If you're going to go to a store, can I please make a request to everybody? Can you please not become stupid when you enter the store? Could that happen? All of these people are asking the following kinds of questions. I was behind one woman in particular when I wanted to ask my one simple question, which was, where do I buy this air conditioner? Where's the register? That was my question. The woman is asking the following questions. So I heard that I can get a fan from my room. Is that true? Yeah, sure. We have fans. Will the fan cool the room down? Well, if it's 100 degrees, it's just going to circulate the 100 degree. Fa- well, because I heard that I heard it was like listening to Jeff, if he were a female, explain what happened. I heard uh, that if you have a fan in a room, that it'll cool things down. Well, no, you need an air conditioner for that. OK, but that's expensive. So can you use a fan? I kid you not. I'm not making this up for 10 freaking minutes. She's talking to the guy about how a fan must be cooler than an air conditioner while we're in the store, which, by the way, is not itself air conditioned because their air conditioner had broken. Now, I don't understand... And it, and what about the, the floor models, the 50 floor models in the store? I know, yeah, they all broken, too? I know, yeah, I know, exactly. Well, there were no windows was the problem. They did have fans running all over the place, but that was the point. Like, at one point, he actually pointed over at one of the fans running and said, you feel how hot it is in the store? And he points to the fan. That fan it would be cooling the store down if what you're saying is true. But it's not. You need an air conditioner. Okay, and she goes back and forth and back and forth. She leaves. The second person, the person right in front of me, steps up. And I'm 
not kidding you. This is I swear to God, this isn't made up. She asks him whether or not a fan is cooler than an air conditioner. A different woman who's been standing behind the first woman <laughs> for 15 freaking minutes. This woman, having heard this conversation, asked the same question of the guy who he he looked as if and he was this bit he was kind of overweight and he was sweating profusely his shirt was soaked you know you could tell that he just he looked as if he were about to faint in the heat himself and i was just like i'm begging you if you're a customer in a store please come in and try to maintain the intent because i'm sure this woman was very intelligent you know me i'm mr magnanimous i'm sure she's bright in most yeah. situations just not in right. this situation please god you don't deserve then to be she cool looked at if the you're guy. This dumb. well do maybe you guys have some kind of biohydration system that would cool me down sure. when I get really hot? Sure. I mean, like, sweat? Yeah. I think she would have gotten He just caught needed it. to hand her the... Ugh. Yeah. They just need, like, handy-dandy air convection current pamphlets to hand out to people. I just... Like, see, air circulates in a room. I'm... Hot air rises, and you're a moron. But I was just like, <laughs> is she, like, is her son, like, the CEO oh, I thought of a you were fan saying company? they should like, use what? the pamphlets to fan themselves. <laughs> well, because clearly those were... Too much irony. I wasn't quite there. You're like, uh. here's, here's the pamphlet. Now go fan yourself. See, it's not making you cooler. Now go away. Right, no, yeah. go away. Yeah, here's he the next pamphlet crazy, on how you man. spend more energy fanning yourself than you do cooling yourself down. Exactly, exactly. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and then, of course, I get up there and the ironic... And you can make that into a crane. The punch... <laughs> no, have I mean, a the punchline to all of this is that I get up to talk to the person and I'm like, okay, I'm looking for such and such an air conditioner. She's like, well, we're sold out, but we do have window fans. I'm like, good son of, son of a... <laughs> Are those cooler what? than air conditioners? I, yeah, oh, exactly. I was so tempted. I was so tempted to ask. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, please, don't be stupid, would you please? Especially if it's 100-degree heat and you're dumb, stay home. Don't go out if you're if you're dumb and it's 100 degree heat, please. It just makes it worse. And stay off Wikipedia if you're asking these types <laughs> of questions. Exactly, Seriously, please. yeah. <laughs> I uh, so don't anyway. be dumb. The hell away. First rule of life, man. First rule of life. A friend of mine dumb. in high school and I came up with uh, three or four. I think it was four rules of life. One, you know, and there's in sequential order, so one overrides the next. Okay. The first one was don't be dumb. The second one was do what you hate the least. The third one is always wear a hat and gloves. And uh, the fourth one was always pack sticky shoes. <laughs> they kind of eroded. But <laughs> they work. They're totally functional. Sticky shoes? They're totally... Yeah. See, All the real list is Don't like a thousand items them. long, but their but list goes pack. like one, two, seven, eighty-five, no. nine, twenty-three. That's how their I mean, list went. The point is, it really for a long time it was only two rules of life. For the long time, and really that's all you need because where three and four are problematic, they get overridden by one and two. The only this time is like that the history they come of religion play is what you're describing is when right you now. Would not hate when you would not hate. <laughs> wearing a hat and gloves, and when it wouldn't be dumb. So, of course, you're going to wear a hat and gloves then. I mean, you can pretty much say anything. So you really only need the first two. You really only need don't be dumb, and that slightly overrides do what you hate the least. This is why the 11th commandment... Good. You're good so to go. Simple. This is why the 11th commandment, we which was, you know, never have a, a Reuben... Bunch of gods, and now nobody can have sex. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. This is why the 11th commandment that was like, you know, never eat, you know, never eat a Reuben on, you know, whole wheat instead of rye, that didn't make the cut because the first 10 were really all the ones that you needed, right? Like, you just leave out the other ones that are also religious edicts. No, but Dude, I mean, in, I would say in, that, like... Aren't there, like, 500 commandments in the Jewish, in the Old Testament? Really? There are a whole lot. No kidding. There, there are ten, like, primary ones, right? but yeah. 
Uh, you know, like, I'm not I'll a scholar. An example. I'm the wrong person to ask <laughs> about on, that. scholar. I'll take an example from Judaism, right? Okay? Don't be dumb is the basis for don't eat shellfish, right? Because shellfish right. are unhealthy if you're in 600 B.C. Pork, same okay? thing. Nowadays, Pork, same thing. we still have don't eat shellfish, which, you know, should be a rule for other moral reasons. But from the health reason, that health reason is totally outdated. It's totally healthy to eat shellfish in almost all circumstances now. But... We have Orthodox Jews who smoke cigarettes like fiends. They went to Brandeis with us. We saw them all because cigarettes were not there when the law was made up. But they would be caught by a don't-be-dumb law. It's flexible. Oh, yeah. It changes with the time. No, this is like my whole rant on the Sabbath, how the Sabbath is the most retarded. As, as translated into modern times, the Sabbath is the most retarded thing in the world. It's like, yes, you're not supposed to do work, which means you will now go on a 10-mile walkathon instead of pushing down on a gas pedal with your foot because one clearly does less work. Good job. We're going to label this the... Right, these, or turning on light switches or things. The non-confrontational. brand easier. of Judaism. Machines to be reduce fair, this work. is a brand of Judaism that people outside of Brandeis students probably know a lot less about than we do. People are like, that's not true. My friend uh, Elias down the street, he uh, does all sorts of things on the Sabbath. <laughs> Because there are, as we learned Brandeis, he babies. <laughs> We're going to label this <laughs> levels episode of Episode 41, money when the Met report was taken off the air permanently. <laughs> I don't and know Carthage. And Carthage. There, I, I did it. You did it? Carthage, bring it I on. Did. What have we got for <laughs> and Carthage? Carthage. I wrote to Carthage. I was I just said Carthage. It stumbled in southern Israel, and then we took a time warp to Carthage. Oh, okay. <laughs> for no reason. I think Carthage was supposed to be part of the uh, non-assimilating cultures, but the difference was instead of just hanging out and being like, well, if you don't like us, we're leaving, like the Jews, they're like, well, screw you. We're going to trample you with our elephant armies. And then the Romans were like, wow, we really don't like you. We're going to burn down your civilization and make sure nobody survives. That's uh, what Carthage is. So it wasn't Carthage. like it was hard for the elephants to fit That's in true. to culture. Like they didn't really, you couldn't really paint them or no it's like you know, you know the native americans would not be slaves so the you know early uh, american people killed them they could not enslave the native americans they would rather die and so they're just not as many around because of that so what you're so saying like, is if you don't want to assimilate you're susceptible to genocide absolutely i think that's uh that's a rule i'll make that a rule <laughs> i think six, that's exactly number five that's why you that get genocided that's why you are right subject to genocide. The sticky shoes. Did you say genocided? That's right. If like it's a verb. I did. I did it on I'm purpose. I'm going to genocide you. I couldn't even think of how to correct myself, <laughs> so I'll have to stick with genocide. it. You've been genocided. How do you receive genocide? What is the proper tense for that? You will commit genocide on someone else. Genocide <laughs> has been perpetrated upon you. Yeah, that's a good point, Story. Yes. How do you receive really genocide? It, death. So many words. Death is how you normally it, no, no. receive genocide. It's really, it's really die. <laughs> Trust me. The, the no, verb no. of genocide okay. is When I was die. genocided, it, it just turned a little bit. You that's plural. All. <laughs> it's you plural. So we're talking about a collective people that undergoes genocide. How do you say that? They say that genocide was per perpetrated upon them. Genocide <laughs> no, was perpetrated is. upon them. Many people <laughs> died. Many people no. died. Thousands, but many people millions, could die all. when an asteroid hits. That's not genocide. Everyone, yeah, it is if somebody threw it. If somebody was like, ah, I'm going to throw it right at those people, then you got. All them. right, it's astral genocide. That's <laughs> yeah, fun. that's, that's awesome. a different thing. Astral though. genocide. That's sweet. I mean, it's not sweet, but it's a cool term. I, it's, no, it's really not sweet <laughs> at all. But we like the word. <laughs> it's yeah. That's the kind of thing that Jesus would it do. It might be better. <laughs> it might be better than having a sore throat, though. 
Jesus oh. would rain down the lightning bolts in the fit of astral genocide. So, Story, can I ask a question about that? I heard tell. Now, you sent us an email yeah. earlier where you said that you were desperately trying, you were working on helping your sickness or helping helping become less sick by taking emergency, which is this stuff, this packet of like vitamin C that you dissolve in water. Clea uses this too. Now, my question to you, right. my friend, is this. Yeah. I recall a time a time which I think we've discussed on the MEP report, where you attributed unbelievable amount of illness to a combination of bad mayonnaise and overuse of vitamin C, which somehow, according to you, threw out your back and caused bad things to happen. So my question is, uh, we dissuaded him of this. how though, have you right now changed today. your mind? I'm glad you yeah. have, but how have you changed to realize that vitamin what C is no, a good what thing? What changed my mind, I woke up and uh, I had been very sick. On the night in question, this is the Scotland story for those long-term listeners or debate friends. But I had woken up the day after getting incredibly sick and being on the upswing of sick. But I had taken, like, you know, probably 20 emergency packets, which is a lot. <laughs> a lot. Uh, and I had not spoken outside of the three debate rounds that we had had at all to anyone. And then I woke up the next day, and I was actually feeling well in that department. I was actually over being having a cold thank god because i would have died with everything else that happened so i was over the cold so i assumed that it had to be so powerful because i can never use them to actually stave off the cold they just make it better make it go faster but it actually had been erased because i had used enough of those packets for about you know 45 minutes you're correct i did believe that the vitamin c is what caused me to vomit uncontrollably and throw my back out from doing so but then when the rumor got out that 200 other people were sick and that they were all attributing it to mayonnaise that had been left out and I had violated my lifelong promise to myself to never eat mayonnaise the night before, you're so hungry. I had a slightly better theory than vitamin C poisoning. I see. Yeah. Although you weren't willing to listen, it, so as I that, recall... For 45 yes. minutes, your information was accurate. Because it was something like this. You're like, it's really all your fault, because vitamins... That was, sort of, was more or less what it was for about 45 minutes. It was not... Uh, I think I was oh, the yeah. first person that got it to make that rebuttal. For a lot more than I was that. like, you know, your body just processes extra vitamin C. It really can't exactly. hurt you. Yeah, that's and right. you're like, no, I think I'm dead because of vitamin C. And I'm like, hmm. Uh, but then the next day you woke up and you're like, oh, a thousand other people at the must shoes. have taken too much vitamin C. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's, like, that's the best rebuttal there is, of course. Yeah. I mean, short of Jews throw throwing up on, up shoes. on shoes. Oh, is that where the sticky shoes come in? Always wear sticky shoes? No. Sh no. Okay. Can, can I ask no, how your plan no, somehow devolved, as you point out, into sticky? Like, where did that ever come up as part of it? Was it just come up with something weird so that you can prove? They were, they were hanging on the ledge of a cliff. And they're like, oh, no, it actually was shoes. like that. Yeah, it was. It was. It was an incident with a an incident with a roof. It was. Uh, yeah, I knew it's it. A long story. I knew it. It's, anyway, why it was the result of a, of a roof why. problem, and uh, and my friend Jake suggested that one should always pack sticky shoes, and we tacked it on. John Schneider came up with the other three good story cool. that was a Friend good lead in people. you've now given us the Including show notes the for your story valid ones yeah you've given us the show notes for your story now please explain what? it so you're on a roof and how did you get there uh, come on you're supposed uh, to tell uh, me this is like my date story from last Great. week yeah i went on a date it was nice it was exactly fine. well what the hell rust no it was good well That's we were enough. on a roof sticky shoes okay moving on no how did you get up to the roof why sticky shoes what how did it happen i mean do you really want to know it's going to make no sense it's going to be absurd and it's going to dredge oh no. crap i hate absurd, those absurd stories, stories on the map report <laughs> oh my god god stop it somebody <laughs> cut the recorder Don't okay here we go. So, 
In high school, I dated somebody. I actually dated a few people in high school. Some of them even at the same time. Which wasn't good. Uh, and I'm not proud of it. Wow. But it happened. Anyway. How do I not know this? You know this. God. You know this. this. Is great. Anyway. Kind of. Okay. Not sort for of. long periods of time. I used to call it overlap, though. <laughs> I wasn't the greatest person <laughs> at all times. <laughs> overlap? I didn't know this. There's no way. See, you, it doesn't even matter if my story oh sucks God. now, because I've already okay. cracked this. Holy God. Okay. It's great. Go. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> uh, I love that my past comes back to haunt me by me voluntarily choosing to talk about it on a public podcast. That's how it comes back to get me. You need to be sick It's not often. other people revealing things. It's not somebody, yeah. yeah. Exactly. This is tremendous. Uh, Clearly, this doesn't cloud my judgment at all. I'm about to start babbling anti-Semitic comments. Oh, right? no. Hey, what are you crazy trying to say? Things. <laughs> <laughs> oh god right. so anyway one of the people i dated who to this day is a friend of mine so there are no hard feelings about any of this incident long in the in the past but you know one of one of the good ones one of the good exes the good ones but there was sort of a rocky few years by the way in there let me just before interject, we had really solidified our friendship let me yes. just interject story has about 50 ex-girlfriends and they all like 40 of them he still likes i mean they all like him you know they all get along well i don't understand this principle but the actual statistics are that i have nine ex-girlfriends <laughs> and about three of them are not speaking to me at 20 Five of them took exactly. you to lunch to dinner once together. <clears throat> took you to a birthday. Yeah. Dinner. All we know is yes. that you had a group solely comprised of ex-girlfriends that all took you out to dinner. And the most amazing that, thing that any of us have ever exactly. seen. That was my twentieth birthday. That's, That's so true. weird. I that can't even explain it. Birthday. Okay. All right. So on you go. So one of the people actually who was at that dinner was this person. Anyway, we had dated for a while. We ended up breaking up because, as it turned out later, and we didn't know this at the time. It's really convoluted, but she thought I had cheated on her. I hadn't actually cheated on her. A friend of ours, who was also an ex-girlfriend, told her that I had cheated on her when I hadn't. What about overlap and story? It was muddy. No, this wasn't a case of overlap. <laughs> okay. There were cases of overlap. This was not right, one okay. of them. Amazing. Sometimes in overlap, I you get collateral interested. damage. But that has nothing to do directly with overlap. That <laughs> <laughs> just happens. <laughs> Yeah, this is basically how the Israel-Lebanon stuff starts. It's, all this it's like the Golan Heights. Exactly. It was the Golan Heights of the dating period. It's a little Syria. It's a little Israel. Gaza, There's once overlap, you were so good you know? to me, then you broke up. Why? Why? Yeah. Oh, God. It's so true. So this girl, some about two months after we had broken up, we were hanging out on a roof. And wait, who's there roof? was just this moment on a wait, roof. Wait, whose roof? Wait, stop. I, Somebody, what roof? it was at a party. You went up on the it roof? It was at a party. Relax. You climbed up to the roof? Yeah, we went up on the roof. Okay, something you should know about Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is where I went to high flat school roofs. and where the story takes place. All the roofs are okay. flat, okay? It's the design, it's the <laughs> architecture, the Adobe like, building. Oh, they're all let's flat. Let's go on the roof. Here, follow me up the ladder. <laughs> He's like holding on the chimney. Well, they go on the roof, <laughs> and then they can sculpt things out of the Adobe. They're like, I made a snowman <laughs> in the roof. <laughs> I made another house. Yeah. Okay, so you're on the roof, right? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I had always claimed right. that I could destroy the city with, of Santa Fe with a, a pickaxe and a bucket of water, but that's, <laughs> that's fine. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's probably true. Okay, so you're on the but roof. But you need to fight off the tourists first. Right. We're on the roof, which is, of course, flat because we're in New Mexico. And, you know, there's a bunch of people up there. Anyway, suffice it to say that... On the roof, we came really close to getting back together. We came really close to hooking up and getting back together, but we didn't. But that it wasn't was like the purpose that of one the of roof. Those, 
That wasn't the said purpose no. of being on the roof. There okay. were like 25 people there. up there. Oh, okay. wow. Anyway, you guys are crazy in New Mexico. There were a lot of people 25 up there. people, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> crazy roof party. Anyway. Uh, crazy so, roof. Right. So we almost hooked up. We didn't. It was close. We remembered it and talked about it later as a near miss, and it's one of those sort of what could have been moments, because if we had, we might have gotten back together. That might have changed my entire senior year, and who knows what from there, especially since we ended up going to college together. So, you know, as it turned out, which we didn't know at the time. Interesting stuff. Oh, that was that chick Regardless, you used to date who went to college with us that I know. Right. Exactly, okay. that we're all going to Disneyland now I, with in Now I know who this is. Uh, yeah, oh, this is excellent. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Fantastic. it is excellent. Carry on. So, and that's a true story, too. We are all going to Actually, Disneyland what? with Russ. And this girl and her fiancé and Emily and myself are all going to Disneyland together oh, great. in two well, weeks great, and a baseball have game. Have a great time while I'm here sweltering out on the East Coast. Thanks a lot. I'm sure you were going to come to Anaheim freaking on the drop of yeah. the head. But you can. You can still get <laughs> two-week advance tickets. Anyway, okay. we were right. So this roof moment became like a big representative moment for us and as our friendship went on and whatever else. There were references to the roof and whatever else. Anyway, flat, fast forward to college like two years late, later, and there was this moment where I felt like she had... Okay, I'll just explain everything. <laughs> <laughs> She had talked, because at this time, two years later, she was still under the impression that I had cheated on her. So she talked about me being not such a great person because I had cheated on her to someone who told, who was like best friends with the person that I was dating at the time. And like a bad game of telephone, I mean, really like a good game of telephone, because it was basically what she'd said, got back to the girl and the girl broke up with me in large part citing this information and so i was pretty upset was it in wikipedia sorry it it was (laughs) she was like and as my reference look it up there so uh, she got this got back to her and i was very upset because she had basically told at the way i heard the story initially it was like she basically told my girlfriend to break up with me because of this bad thing that had happened in the past and i didn't feel like that was really nice or fair or appropriate and i was really upset about that so I sort of saw it as this big betrayal, and I blew it up in my mind. I had felt at the time like it was much more deliberate than it was. I had felt at the time like it went through a lot fewer chains than it did. It actually went through the other guy that that girl was dating at the same time as she was dating me, and the information got to this girl when she broke up with the other guy to start dating with me exclusively, and the guy was like, oh, yeah? Well, I heard from an ex-girlfriend of his that da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And she, oh you know, my, my girlfriend... This at the segues time, yeah, right into the try before this you buy story. <laughs> Jesus that's H. Christ. What, we don't have time was. for all that's of that. this was. That's, this was that's a whole you other buy. story. One of the three who I'm not speaking to at the moment. Actually, four. There are four I'm not speaking to, because I totally forgot. I stopped speaking to someone else not too long ago. Anyway, the point is... We're it was way bad. beyond the roof at this point. And, right. Well, anyway, and so We're I had this really negative reaction, and I was talking to all genocide. my high, high school friends about it, and... I was like, and basically the summation line that I had, I think I posted it on my blog or something, was, you know, what do you do on a roof if someone's about to push you off or something? And it was this sort of metaphorical thing of, like, she was on the roof, 
and I thought it was good, and she was trying to pull me back, but she was actually trying to push me off because she was going to betray me later. And it played into all of my betrayal, paranoia, and themes that relate to other girlfriends and other situations because it's all interconnected. Because all ten of the people I've dated are somehow interconnected. Not just because they all take me out to dinner. And there it is. So, anyway, my friend Jake suggested in response to this blog post about getting pushed off of roofs that you should always pack sticky shoes. That should be the fourth rule of life. So it shall be written, so it shall be done. And that was that. And so, as long as it's not dumb, you don't hate it the least, and it doesn't interfere with always wearing a hat and gloves, you should always pack sticky shoes. I don't get it. And you really shouldn't date... In overlap. I was going to say, you just professed that at this point in your life, you were in the midst of overlap, but then somehow the story about the overlap that got related to the next girlfriend was wrong. I don't don't get that part. You claimed that this was a time in your life when you were experimenting with overlap, but then somehow the overlap getting back to you in college through this chain of people was incorrect and, you know, inaccurately saying something that you did. Let me put it this way. Overlap was always part of a transition, right? Overlap was always that little intermediate time when you're setting up things with the next girlfriend and you're getting rid of the previous girlfriend. That's not the case with this overlap. This overlap, the try before you buy, was a deliberate, prolonged, intended, I will date two people at once indefinitely. Which is very different oh, than overlap. Oh. Overlap is like, you know, oh. like you're picking it's one up and putting the other one down. It's right. not just a euphemism so, for cheating. I like it. No. There's an actual reason overlap, to have that No, term. no, no. Overlap was always when you were working out the details of one relationship and trying to extricate yourself from the other. And sometimes there were just things that had to happen. Uh, <laughs> They didn't really have to happen. It's not really okay. But I felt like it was at the time. Because I was Dude. fucked up in the head because somebody had messed with my mind. Okay? I swear. That, not an excuse. That overlap term it's just, just what made happened. me feel so much better about my life in, in 30 seconds. Right. So I'm just like, no, no, it was overlap. Fair it was enough. all morally no, distinguishable from, from what fine. I thought it was. That's fine. That's fine. No, and it's over, okay. Yeah, but, but overlap is definitely distinct from, A, deliberately dating two people at once, which I do not think is cool. I think it's even less cool than overlap, which I don't really think is cool, but I did. <laughs> uh, and it's definitely distinct from just straight cheating on someone. Because that's like Certainly convenient. you hook up with someone with no intent to have a relationship or anything. You're just doing it. Right. Yeah, overlap is like part of the process. Like you're finding people. Do I really have to be inefficient and like completely stop relationships all at once so that I can start up a new relationship? Do you realize the amount of effort it takes to completely stop and start again? Sliding friction really precludes that idea. You really need overlap to have these kind of efficient transitions between relationships. I don't really defend that. Uh, I I don't defend that you actually (laughs) need overlap. I don't stand by everything that I've done in my life. I've made a mistake were made. People's lives. People were just so wasting years of people's lives having sorry. them stop and start I up mean, again. If you just allow the seamless transition. Let me put this down for you. Okay, let me, let me just give you well, the uh, thumbnail justification for overlap, right, okay. though. Let me give you, because there was actually at one point a moral argument for it. Not that I defend it or believe in it, but this is a 1998 story speaking. You know, a little bit. Was it 98? God, I may have just made people worry about things that weren't of concern. 1997, or no, 1996, certainly. And maybe other times. 1984. Maybe not. (laughs) Before I was born. 1979. In the sandbox. It was was really bad. (laughs) 
But the justification was that the entire point of dating is to find... Okay. Bacardi. Yes. <laughs> Carthage, the 1979 entire... B.C. Anyway. You of an elephant with sticky shoes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Are, are you done? Are you serious? Yeah, I think so. I'm okay now. The entire point of dating is to find the person that you're going to marry. And if you think that the person you are dating is less likely to be the person you're going to marry than this person that, you know, you are tempted right. to date or start this dating, your, then sometimes overlap needs this to is occur. Your dance theory. And that's, right. that's the highest moral order. Like, loyalty is not necessarily, loyalty to the person that you're dating is not ultimate. That's not something, loyalty to your spouse, that's ultimate, okay? That's an actual commitment you've made but by dating someone you're just saying i think that you're the most likely person that i would marry at this point that i can find and that's great but at the point at which you find someone who's a hotter prospect then i think that you know and i don't mean literally hotter necessarily <laughs> but you know sure. the like person the who is oh. more likely that was excellent. I liked it. the person who's more likely you have an obligation to yourself and to everyone who is also playing this game looking for their mate to trade up and to trade yeah, up, I think that's totally and to fun. trade up, why I mean, not? To a certain extent, story. I still do defend. Why not immediately argument. though? I think you should be more open about it. It's hard. But, but why not? Why know, not trade up immediately though? I don't understand. Why not? You know, why do you need to I have mean, this, this overlap? Is, this is what this reminds with me of. Age and reflection. Yeah, this reminds and me of time, like I realize. I, I drive a used car, right? And yeah, so I know that I'm going to need to get to work. You know, for the two weeks that I'm negotiating for a new car, so I keep driving my used car, knowing that I'm going to be getting rid of this car soon. So it's just it's it's not you know I'm not going to put any mileage right, into it. Otherwise, I'm not going to put any, to work. I'm not going to put like an oil if it needs an oil change. Okay, how do you get to change. work under your instant transition scenario, Big Shot? Here's my instant. How do you get to I work? I start by recognizing. If you stop driving the other car the second you look at the new I car. Start, yes, I start by recognizing that I trade in the first car and the old one immediately. I don't have both at the same time. This is why the analogy doesn't work. I don't have two cars and I keep both of them and I use them until one blows up. I have one car. No, but what it is. Hard was to in drive the two, two cars weeks. at the same Sorry, time. what you should have done is you should have <laughs> taken your current relationship girlfriend, gone to the other person that you were going to become the boyfriend of, and said, "Hi, I just wanted you to meet the person that I'm trading up to." Then you, you know, kiss uh. the old one on the cheek, take the hand of the new one, and you walk okay. off. There's uh, the actual trading. <laughs> you drop okay. her off. At the other person's house, and they have to go live the life of the other person because you it's trade like a them bad in, reality and then show. you take the person away exactly, from their house. Exactly. <laughs> they have a life. Here's with the you. problem, Greg. Sorry, I'm just going to leave you here. Sometimes in the initial stages, you don't always know that you can count on. You're hedging someone, your right? bets. Like, what if you have you're someone? You're hedging your bets. Of course, of course. This is entirely a theory yeah, about yes. hedging. But if you're dating someone who is the second best person that you could imagine, that you've ever met, say. I mean, in 1996, this was really the situation, right? I was dating the number two person that I had ever met at that point in time, right? And the number one nice. person in my mind, I thought, I thought the number one person at the time came along and said, you and me, babe, how about it? But it wasn't entirely a sure thing. It wasn't totally clear at the time. And so I had when to... When she said, you, know, you and me, babe, how about it? It was only a that week. clear? What part of it was not clear? It was clear? only a week. But it wasn't, it wasn't that clear, is the thing, okay? You it and me, babe, how about it? What do you mean? And of I course, don't really follow. What, what, is, what is that all about? It's a do metaphor. It's taken from a Can song. The point is... Sticky shoes. Her the name point was is, is that... 
if you dump number two and number one was like, oh, just kidding, or, you know, whatever, which she turned out to be, you know, a year later, not a week later, could have saved everybody a lot of time, you don't want to run away from number two right away, right? Right? Am I right? No. <laughs> I don't because, think wait it's the right thing to wait do. Wait a minute. This is all about convenience. It has nothing to do with finding the mates. Because once you've already seen the person Why? with the qualities that you desire more, the number two, even if that person doesn't live up to the qualities you thought they had, you know for a fact that these potential qualities exist in the person that you actually want. And it's just reflected on you the knowledge that you do not really want this person that there much you that go. you're with. So to stay okay, with them is more of a convenience thing. Hold up. Hypothetical. Imagine that they are number one and two not only in your experience to this time, but in the world uh -huh. for you. And number one okay. just doesn't like you. Okay? <laughs> this is true for many, many, many people, right? right? The well, but there would be no overlap like if number life, one didn't like doesn't you. Like overlap them. doesn't apply there. Doesn't apply. Well, if they're just testing the waters, if they're just... But they don't yeah, like you? Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, enough. Enough for it to matter. Maybe not. I don't know. But if they don't I'm like you, saying. where's the overlap coming in? You know I, mean, I mean, the whole argument is that you're looking for the person who's most likely to have the qualities you want and who likes you. Yeah. That's just assumed. It's not like, oh, you're the love of my okay. life, but you don't like me. You're close enough. No, because it's... Well, it. But, okay. Russ, are you serious? Christy Brinkley, you, you know, it was meant to be okay. with me. She just doesn't know it, nor would she want to. And that's fine with me. What I'm saying I is, think we're still gonna work. if it's the number two person in the world, and the number and it turns out to be the number one person who actually likes you, and you throw that away to chase someone who doesn't end up liking you that much. Then you made a bad after, decision. You, know, you went all in, and you got out drawn in the river. You got out drawn in the river, man. You got out drawn in the river. your whole life. You can't be like, look, if you're playing poker... The for, convenience but part. For your Look, life, if you're playing poker, I'm all over the convenience. Was on the story. Story. I understand. I mean, I'm only defending this for the, the sake story. of argument, if you're right? I'm poker, not necessarily course, defending this as absolute. Story. If you're playing poker, okay, yes. and if you have a hand that you think is the best hand, but you're not sure, someone bets all in and you fold. You can't say I'm folding, but if it turns out I would have won the hand, then I'm all in. Okay? You either go all in or you're out. You're in on the number one or you're out and you're in with the number right, two. Right, but life is not. A poker game, okay? So you think. I know yeah. we played Story a lot doesn't play by rules, Greg. But there are no rules. Is not Even this rule game. is only meant to have the convenience of no. other rules that may exist later if That's they're more convenient. That's not true. And by the way, the no omelets. Is, the reason where this is fitting in is where it, is because it doesn't really fit with rules, because it doesn't really comport with of the way course. I try to live the rest of my life. Because it's, it's an aspect where I'm a bad And let's, let's as we close that story being a bad person, that's our show for this week. We want to thank oh, everybody. <laughs> it's been an hour, gentlemen. We want to thank everybody Wonderful. for doing this. All right. But and, uh, I, I would not nominate you as a certified dipshit story, just so right. you know. I don't think you've gotten that far. But if you yeah, would nominate that. story as a certified that's dipshit, wonderful. if you were one of Story's 65 ex-girlfriends, please write into the MEP report, email us, let oh, us know. God. And uh, yeah. see you next yeah. week. All of Story's nine. best friend, ex-girlfriends, are clearly going to do They're that because they all hate him so nine. much. Only nine. They love They're him. Only nine. Dead. They take him out to meals. Only nine. Thanks for listening, this everybody. Is ridiculous. We'll see you next week. Say goodbye, everybody. Or if you'd like to take me out to dinner. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Freedom for non-juice. The proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. 
In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least not the stupid one of the cars. Please support the Mep Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for Mep link on the Mep Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at MepReport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu glands. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Into my just another day away.